you might not see the whole path, but you're going to see the next step if you can just keep your heart and your mind open to possibilities that the world's going to reach up and meet your foot. Welcome to Therapist Expanded, where we start a mental health revolution by living our dreams fully and freely beyond industry conditioning and taking every client with us because we'll only take them as far as we've gone. So join me, your host, Aaron Gibb, and my trailblazing guests and be revolutionary by expanding your mind and your life to your freest and fullest potential. Hello, Therapist Expanding. Thank you for listening today. I'm so thrilled that you're here. Today, I'm sharing with you an interview with Brenda King. I'm learning more and more that the podcast is an opportunity for me to put my values in action where I'm trusting, really, really trusting. Indiana Jones style, stepping off the cliff, knowing a bridge is going to materialize, kind of trusting. And just knowing who's coming to me, not orchestrating these conversations, feeling intuitively who's meant to come. And you're going to hear in this podcast, this is another example of amazing synchronicities. And I don't know what meaning you'll make of it, but the meaning I am making of it is that I really can live from ease. But these are more and more examples of how everything I'm talking about here of living from a different place to mean fulfillment, of not controlling, not forcing, not orchestrating my life, but instead setting the intention and holding the intention that's aligned with my desires and watching as that comes to me, for me, and watching what that's doing. I'm getting amazing feedback from people, and it's beautiful. So I really hope you enjoy. In the show notes, you're going to find links to what Brenda is offering And by now, I'm sure you're going to know more. At some point in this podcast, there's going to be pop-ins from me. And if you're listening to this in the future, go to the show notes. You'll find whatever is being offered. And I really hope that you enjoy this episode. So without further ado, here is my interview with Brenda King. Okay, so I'm here today with Brenda King. And Brenda... We're going to start with, I want to thank you for being on the podcast. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited about it. I love what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. I also love what you're doing because I'm following you on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Okay, I'll start where I always do, which is tell us about yourself, your work, and your passion. I'm a North Dakota farm girl who grew up and lived here much of my life and went off to college down in Tennessee and ended up coming back for family. And I have been an ICU nurse, went back to school because I wanted to figure out why people behave the way they do and got my PhD in clinical psychology and then gradually became owner of a private practice and have started um, just really expanding my coaching business too because that allows me to support people in a little bit different way than I can in my psychology practice. 
I'm a big nature freak. I was up till midnight last night because the northern lights were so phenomenal. I couldn't go to bed because it just gets me excited and energized by watching them. I have two dogs and a small flock of chickens. <laughs> Amazing. I want to jump in about the northern lights because this is very interesting. I was driving home from a meeting last night later than I wanted to be, and I pulled over on the side of the road and we saw them here as well. And I lived in the Arctic for three and a half years, and so I saw them all the time. But living here in Ontario, Canada, so you and I are not very close together. But yeah. to see them here, I've seen them three times in Ontario in my life. They're nothing like in the Arctic. I mean, they're profound there. Yeah. But to see them here and to see that you saw them last night too, that feels so synchronous. Wow. Yeah. It's like here often you just catch little glimpses and I've never seen them as strong as they were. So that's cool. Yeah. That we can see those in different places around the world. Mm -hmm. Simultaneously. It's quite amazing. And I'm also a nature freak. So I hear that. <laughs> yeah. And I always say I'm a serial achiever. It's kind of like once I feel like I've mastered something, I always move on to the next thing, which is partly why I've had a series of different careers over time. And, and at 40, I started to ride horse and then ended up buying three two-year-olds and training them. So I also dive into things wholehearted once I decide that I'm interested in something. Mm. I feel like my husband might listen to this one and be like, wow, you guys have a lot in common. I trust the process of people being kind of guided to me when I'm doing the podcast. And I don't ask a lot of preamble because I love it to just be organic, but I'm astounded each and every time at how when I don't control the process and I really trust that the guests that come on are beautifully aligned and I know that you just said you love to do different things and that you have your PhD in clinical psychology. I'd love to know the passions that have shown up in your new coaching business. Well, since I was a little kid, I had these weird experiences, which as a young adult, I recognized I was doing shamanic journeying before I even knew what that was. And I used to have conversations with angels and I thought it was crazy for the first part of my life because I had no one to, to share that with. And over time, I've just done lots of studies on sort of ancient wisdom practices and stuff and, you know, I've come to really embrace that. Some of that gets incorporated into my psychology practice, but coaching lets me like use the full spectrum of all the skills and all the experiences I have in a way that just feels much freer. Yeah, I want to say amen. I'm not a religious person, but yeah, I hear that completely from the strange experiences that no one understood to the coaching being freeing outside of a therapy practice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And even within my psychology practice, I probably am not your ordinary psychologist. I specifically went to a psychodynamic program. So it's really about sort of that inner wisdom and relationship patterns and things at a different level. And so I often end up to working with people that have never found a psychologist that they felt good working with. One of the things is like, you talk about learning to do therapy in new ways or the therapy revolution. And, you know, I think I do that within the confines of my licenses and stuff in my clinical business, but I give a lot of hugs. I meet people where they're at. And I know some people have said, maybe it's because you're a nurse, but like you're a real person. Mm -hmm. And it is like, 
they get me. And that, that's what's therapeutic, I think, in a lot of ways. And of course, all my education and stuff helps. But I think I just feel freer than some people do to, to trust myself and trust the process and the relationship. I just did a live about 10 minutes ago about deepest desires and about how when we follow them and be who we really are as therapists, that is mental health revolution. And it moves our clients further faster. I was talking about a card I got yesterday that one of the things that was said in there, someone I mentor, this is a therapist I'm working with. They said, I've inspired them to live authentically. But the what you're talking about, this actually, what I've seen in the development of a therapist from working with therapists for since 2017, is that the self and the therapist self converge. There's an integration of where there isn't this kind of posturing that we're taught. I mean, that is not a judgment of anyone. That is schooling. It's taught us to be this professional, but the convergence of who we really are everywhere happens. Yeah. And it makes work so much more rewarding then too, working with people because that exchange, that sense of connection, because I think connection to self, connection to each other, connection to nature is everything. And the more we can find ways to do that and from our true self and bring that out in others, then it's just so powerful. Yeah, the older I get, the more I can't separate those things out. There's a unity, a oneness. And I actually, when I was talking, thinking, hearing about your weird experiences, cult, like socially, people might have not understood them. Mine were all about feeling one from a young age, that oneness is convergence of nature and people. And that was what people couldn't understand when I would talk about it. So as you talk about, maybe that's what I meant by the unification. To me, everything coming back to what it really is, is the evolutionary process of being human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we're probably similar in some ways. I was a super shy kid and self-conscious, but yet... I didn't get people because I saw the big picture perspective and I couldn't understand some of the superficial things that bothered people because it was so disconnected from the big picture of things. And so it took me a while to figure out how to relate to people and I don't even know what the magic moment was that I could, you know, be both in the moment and understand the emotions, but also kind of hang on to that whole big picture. But as a kid with no guidance, that was so hard to have this just me and then the world out there and not know how to. Yes, I can relate. For me, it took experiencing trauma for me to understand suffering in a different way. It took the actual experience of it because I remember thinking, I don't understand why people are Life is so unified. It's so peaceful. It's so beautiful. It was like, and I was a really weird kid. My parents have talked about that. I wanted <laughs> to watch adults and just observe conversations mm. from a baby. I just wanted to be with people and witness and listen and observe. So I also thought like, why is everything so difficult? I mean, this peace, this oneness. And then I experienced trauma and it was like, oh, yeah, okay. That's the ultimate separation is what it felt like in me. It was a gift because now I get it to do this work. But yeah, I could so relate to what you're saying. <laughs> and I could bet yeah. that our people who are especially drawn to this podcast that are at home shaking their heads going, yeah, I didn't have anyone to say, 
uh, and I don't know about you, but for me, that's where I first got on the track of conditioning of the trauma and then going like, well, everybody else is kind of saying this is what we should do. So as a little kid, I was like, I don't care about any of that. But as I got older and experienced trauma, it was like, well, I better follow all the achievements and all the stuff. I don't know. Can you relate to that? Yeah. I mean, for me, I became a real people pleaser. So I tried to fit in. And so, you know, even as a young adult, there was, a, I kind of lost myself for a while, but I was just, you know, tried to be a chameleon in some ways, which keeps separation because I still had a strong sense of self, but it was like, myself can't relate to others. So I have to, you know, be this other person. But then it, it got so lost. I remember one point, married and kids and I was going to go in the fridge and get a Mountain Dew. It was the last one and I couldn't drink it because somebody else might want it. And it was like this wake up moment of like, okay, this is not. And it started kind of the journey of getting back to, you know, exploring some of my unusual experiences and just a whole new field of trying to figure out this. This isn't working. I have to figure out how to be me and be part of the world. Mm. Yeah, that right there. That's the thing, isn't it? How to be me and be part of the world. Yeah. And those of us mm -hmm. were gifted with this spiritual knowledge that came with us. Yeah, I can add an, a layer there. I'm really grateful for you. Your openness. Yeah, mm. really, truly, I feel that that gratitude of that you're here so real. And I don't think a lot of people want to talk about these weird experiences as a therapist on a public platform. And I see you doing that. So I'm loving what you're doing. And I'd love to hear more about anything you want to tell us about what you're doing. Of course, like most of us that are entrepreneurs, I kind of have this, this big vision is that you know, I, I truly believe that it is going to be women connecting with each other and connecting with themselves, you know, are going to kind of create this revolution that possibly changes the world to something that is much better than healthier for all of us. And so, you know, and I always imagine like this net of lights, which are like sort of the souls or energy of everyone connecting. And so part of my work is just really helping people try to trust that, you know, I start with intuition, because to me, intuition is the doorway mm. into that oneness. And most people have some experience of intuition. And it's it's a nice place to start. But I always say this is just the start. <laughs> because then you begin to, to connect with that energy. And it's like first getting to know and trust yourself. But once you do that, you can't help but then start realizing the rest of the world and the connections. And especially if you can bring it down to the energetic level, you know, mm -hmm. being able to recognize that rocks, trees, roads, you know, there's energy, there's soul there that if you choose to open yourself to that connection, even it's just really magical. And it, it's been fun. The more I've been more open even without saying anything, it just kind of proves the energy part to me where I have clients starting to bring stuff in that they never did before. And so it just becomes much more, even in a formal clinical setting, it, it's been fascinating how it just energetically without ever saying anything, people have started just picking that up and bringing stuff in. 
the synchronicity of our conversation today is goosebump worthy because mm. not only the Northern Lights, which honestly I haven't seen in over a decade here, and you saw them too yesterday in another part of the world, but just when I was doing this live, I was just talking about this was the core first message for me, which was about how I see therapists going after and living their dreams, desires, their blueprint freely and fully, why that is a mental health revolution. The first reason is because we move clients further and faster without ever even sharing that with them. It is incredible what happened. And so that was the first reason. And it's it's exactly what you're saying. And I use the Jungian quote of, we take our clients only as far as we've gone. But it's more yeah. than then yeah, it's more than words. It's more than concepts. It's more than training. It's more than even what we think of as experience. It's energetics. It's the the blueprint that opens up on the larger shared level. We're talking about a different frequency. We're talking about what's accessible that couldn't have been. So I'm hearing that. I see the doorway when you were talking about it. I'm a very visual person. <laughs> I saw that doorway. And when you went on the other side, it was like everything was light. It was like... Um, everything was interconnected and it was alive. And then when you were talking about the, you know, the animism and everything, it was like, oh yeah, that's what my metaphor is. So I'm very, uh, I'm astutely aware of synchronicities and this has already shown up for me in that way. So thank you. Yep. Cause I kind of go through my life, you know, just reading the world. Cause I think if I need something or, you know, I need to be, sort of nudged a bit if I am paying attention that what catches my attention probably has some medicine for me. Mm-hmm. And so I've just gotten, yeah, where I say I read the world, that's where a lot of my guidance comes from. And it's a trusting way to go through life. I hear that. Mm-hmm. You don't carry as much fear around. Like that doesn't mean bad things don't happen, but there's this trust of, you might not see the whole path, but you're going to see the next step if you can just keep your heart and your mind open to possibilities that the world's going to reach up and meet your foot in mm. some ways. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. And I hear as you're saying that, and then it was like, as you were talking, I saw the therapist conditioning, what, what I guess my mind was representing, which to me, I could share endlessly about that probably, but I'd love to hear from you how what you just said about trusting and, you know, knowing that the next step is going to arise in front of you. Do you feel like that uh, is convergent, divergent, other in terms of what we were conditioned as in school, in grad school? I suspect that my training was somewhat different. Um, being very psychodynamic, it's like you were taught that you, you know, that you are the therapeutic agent. Mm. And so it was a relationship that was a therapeutic agent. And so you kind of learn to trust yourself and mm. to sort through, you know, what is your conditioning so you don't bring it into the therapy session. You know, and I'm so glad that I think intuitively I I sort of sought that out because my even if I didn't fully understand what the different schools of psychology were. And so I think mine, you know, and I think that's part of the difference because most of the schools around here are very cognitive behavioral. Yeah. And, you know, I can use those those tools when people need them, but that's not the primary focus. So my conditioning, I think in many ways was different and didn't have a lot of the limits. I heard you talking on another podcast, you know, 
I th- it is funny um, because, too, some of my professors would say, you're never going to make money being a therapist. Um, you know, or it's, you know, they tell you the, the negative things about it, even though they clearly are engaged in what they're doing. And if they're teaching, they probably love what they're doing. So that's sort of this weird mixed message that you get to as part of it, you know, and that's part of to like owning a practice. Now, there's lots of ways to do the work and have some freedom. Yeah. The philosophical underpinnings and knowing that was in your program sounds like, yeah, it's refreshing. And it's when I look at my clinical supervisor, who's been doing this for 50 years, and I look at his training in psychoanalytic, and now he's a relational psychoanalyst, it was more in line with what you're talking about. Cognitive and behavioral dominance is a more new phenomenon, if you look at the history of psychology. Yeah. And even with your program, it sounds like it was much more aligned with self. Yeah, there's those other messages that you're talking about. This like, do it from yourself, but the money's going to be a challenge or there's going to be these fears. Yeah. So the what you're embodying there, like really living your life, what keeps coming up again on visual is like, you know, in Indiana Jones where he just has to step off and there's no bridge, but the bridge is actually there. You just can't perceive it. That part feels like it is incongruent with our field, even when many of us in our field went through sometimes highly experiential, even spiritual. I mean, I have an intern who is in a spiritual psychotherapy program. Incredible, beautiful. And the stories she's been told by her professors, so disturbing. So there's this interesting, like you said, a juxtaposition or a contrast that is still sort of strange. And I think we're right in this moment, maybe saying there's another way. Yeah, there's, you know, whether it's licensing, whether it's financial, I mean, you just, you get taught all these constraints. Yeah. And yeah, if you, you can really kind of then shrink yourself and shrink your ability to help other people. If you focus on those constraints versus looking at the possibilities and how do you, how do you work with them and around them or change them? Yeah. Yes. Bingo. The magic that happens. What I've seen for therapists is most come with a container thinking this is all we can do. We can work within this container. I can try to be more creative because they're yearning for that, to be more authentic or creative or real or whatever it is, but they still feel like there's a container. And it's kind of like, what if we just drastically widened it? Like what would happen? What would become available to you? And they're usually like, "Um, well, I not believe all kinds of stuff. It's like, okay, well, and that can be scary, but also they're usually like, and it's so liberating. It's almost like a returning to the childlike wonder of an empty cup. Yeah. 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 Which we can do anytime. I love that about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's part of my, like nature is always that place. If I find myself, I go, it doesn't take very long to be out in nature and you just go, okay. There is so much variety and possibility and so much connection that it can kind of just shift me back into that place of wonder, getting filled with energy and being excited about whatever it is I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when we're done this podcast, I'm going to go outside and like look at all the bulbs that are popping up everywhere. I can't stop at this time of year just staring out the window. Like I just am, it's like a magnet. I need to go outside and just investigate and talk to everything and feel it's 
burgeoning energy and there's messages there that are so beautiful. It feels like my friends were asleep for a while and now they're mm-hmm. opening and waking up. Yeah. Yep. It's like, I'm a little jealous because we have like four feet of snow covering oh. the entire surface okay. here. So it'll be a little while. It's been a, a later winter, but yeah. I know, because I always work with the fairies, kind of. So I always look forward to when that stuff comes is to start leaving offerings for the fairy. And that's kind of my my ritual, my ceremony for like really getting into the spring energy and the summer energy and reconnecting with nature when I haven't been able to be outside as comfortably mm-hmm. in the same way as I do during the warmer months. Yeah, well, I'm excited for you that it will soon arise. It's funny. I have two people who are in a coaching container with me who are from both lived in Fargo at one point. Oh yeah. And around the same time of year, we did something and they were like, how can you be in Canada and have, why is it? You don't have snow right now. It's green. Like we had snow yesterday and it all melted from the rain. So it comes and goes, but it's, it's really a fascinating phenomenon that I'm living in Canada. Psychologically, people are often like, how could this be? Because you're probably more south than I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the oceans have amazing ability to shift temperatures. Yeah, we're both. Yeah. yeah, it's incredible. And when I think about the northern lights reaching us both, really interesting. Well, mm-hmm. it's coming. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It just makes me think of, too, some of my clients where, you know, we talk about same moon, same stars, you know, and when we're working on connection stuff and, you know, that you don't have to be in the same room with someone to be able to feel that connection and nurture it. That permanence, that sense of that transitional experience. Yeah, I just had so many memories flood back of my work with my own daughter who has lost her biological father. And thinking of all the kids I worked with, you know, in foster care, maybe, or, you know, those are extreme examples, but thinking about that sense of constancy and that, and that's what we, I believe, give to clients when we build that container, that the container holds the side of the work together. Yeah. 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 Because sometimes it really is just creating that space that is, yeah, safe and can hold the process and stepping yeah. out of the way once you've held the space mm. oh yeah I was talking about that yesterday well yeah I think I have an understanding now of your passions and some of who you are that you've shared with us here I'm wondering if you could tell us about a time where you really felt you were holding yourself back and then a time where you really went for something you felt like you took a risk Sometimes they're the same experience. They're two sides of the coin, but whatever comes up for you there. I think the first 20 years of my life was really, I limited myself in so many ways because I just didn't have a good integrated understanding of how to live in the world. And then I think the other is there were several periods of my life where I would shut down my spiritual connection. And just say, I can't, I can't do this and shut it down and step away from it. But you can't do that because it just keeps coming back. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, there are times where it's like, wow, if I would have, you know, had some guidance or some support and could have explored this, it kind of is like, where would I be now? And I don't live in that space. But I do think that's one Mm. of the places where shutting that down instead of, you know, feeling supported to explore it and to embrace it created some ways in which I didn't make 
the choices that I might have if I would have had that trust of the universe and trust of myself that I do now. Mm. You know, and I think one of the the ways that that really showed up is like the practice that I own with my husband. Now we were partners and it was a big group practice, but over time, all the partners sort of left and my husband and I were left as the sole partners and we kind of had to regroup and figure out how do we run this business? And so we ended up having to create a whole new model. And my husband was like, I'm just, we're just going to go find a job. And it's like, I can never have a job. I cannot have an employer. So we are going to make this work and just decided we'll figure it out. One of the things that he said is, well, I'm just going to borrow your faith. Mm. And it really was a process of not knowing what it was going to look like, but just trusting that as, you know, we just kept open to opportunities and getting clear on what we wanted it to look like it would come and it really has. I think we have the best clinicians in town that working with us and we have now created where they're in charge of their schedule, you know, cause I know so many places you have to work so many hours, see so mm -hmm. many clients and I can make a lot more money if I did that. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, again, I think it's like, if you've got people that are feeling really fulfilled in their lives, and really being able to fully live their lives, they've got so much more to offer their clients. So I just feel blessed that we've also been able to create this business where it feels like family in lots of ways. Everybody just has so much ownership in the clinic doing well and the clients doing well and supporting each other. I love the work environment we've been able to create and get that feedback from the people in the clinic too. Yeah, I just trust the exercises as people are hearing this, this trust. I want to bring up this another synchronicity, which is that we run our group practice the same, which is that we could make more money doing it a different way, but everybody sets their schedule, they set their own rate. And the same is that when people have that freedom and autonomy, it aligns with the way we're talking about living. And then people do really great work. And that really great work means better client outcomes and those clients go out in the community and it feeds the community thinking of like an ecosystem. And then they tell their friends because they can't stop singing about it. And then those yep. people come in and it's this beautiful self-sustaining living organism is, is the way we see it. And how we feed the clinic is by yeah. feeding us to all stay well. So I'm again, another synchronicity. And I just want the listeners to know, I didn't know any of this about Brenda. No, this is the first we've talked and Did you know this about each other. I think, yeah, probably had about four sentences about me before we met. Exactly. And so we both live from this place of trusting that comes to us. We go with it. And so if anybody's listening and they think that all sounds really amazing, but like, how do I just let things come to me? I have to make things happen. Actually, you know, life is what happens when we're busy making plans. What I did for so long was I let life pass me by, like forcing and striving. And I, I know that that's okay. I forgive myself. I also, I remember working at a job where I worked with a woman who was really psychic and so was her sisters. And that's one ability that I've had my whole life on and off and uh, scared the crap out of me at times. <laughs> So working with them and being an empath was like this ability went through the roof. So I left that job, tried to run the very first day at my next job. I'm filling a bar fridge because I was a bartender. 
And the woman training me just suddenly looks at me and says, hmm, I'm a, and she tells me all about the spiritual practice she does. I'm told I have to go get you a book. And I was like, okay, well, I had tried to run from this for so long. <laughs> there is no running from who we are. Yeah. Nope. It, it always will come and find you no matter how much you try to shut it down or run away from it. And thank goodness that it does. Exactly. And I look at that with it, even if people are listening and they're not spiritual per se, I mean, we all are, but that's not a big, it, it, they don't identify with some of these strange experiences that people might call them. It's that the blueprint inside of us of what our deep desires and what we're here to do, it doesn't it won't quiet. There's no amount of conforming. There's no amount of forcing. All that will happen is the person becomes more and more unfulfilled. And that's a wake up call if anyone's willing to answer it. It's really hard when you work with elderly women who have so many regrets because they didn't listen to themselves. They didn't trust themselves. And, you know, and, and then sorting through those with them as they come to terms with their life and make meaning of it. And, you never hear people regretting what they tried. You hear people regretting what they didn't try. Mm. And that's really hard sometimes for the, for people that are still living in a real fear-based way to, you know, sometimes what will you regret not doing mm. rather than what bad thing might happen if you try this? Yeah, absolutely. The latter is just a game of the mind trying to keep us small and why not? That's its job. But yeah, it reminds me of the five regrets of the dying, that book, and working with older people as well. I've had a lot of older clients. The way you said that, and it gave me such goosebumps and brought up such emotion of that that is the biggest cost in this life. It isn't the micro fear in that moment about the thing right in front of us. It's that widening to we have a whole life and there's a whole part of our minds and our cultures devoted to just staying, surviving, just staying alive. And that's that I, I think most people find the unfulfillment comes in that that's not enough. Not why we're yeah. here. Yeah. So, you know, like the upper Midwest culture is, you know, work hard and you know, that will give you a good life. And I think that may have been true economically at some point. It's not so true now. And I, you know, and ultimately I think we are here to just experience like life is, is a banquet and we are here to have as many experiences as we can and learn from them as we kind of unlearn all the things we learned in the first 20 years of our life and come back to ourselves. And yeah, you know, and just treat it as our job is really how much joy can I find? How much wonder and awe can I discover? And those are the things that are going to create energy and, and listening to your heart, like you said, what, like, what's that desire that you have within you? And it doesn't have to be some big grand thing. You know, it, it is what it is. And, you know, I know people that they weld junk together and it makes them happy and it makes other people happy. And so it can be the most random thing. But if it's what your heart says, it's going to get you through life in a way that just makes it much more magical. Mm -hmm. And it brings to you opportunities you couldn't even imagine just by following. It isn't about the thing we're creating necessarily or the thing we're moving towards. It's the feeling. It's that heart-centered it, that's the blueprint. It will pull us towards where we need to go. It's the silent 
and sometimes loud voice that's always there. For me, it's the voice that's saying, get out into the garden. That on the surface has nothing to do with my work as a therapist, but absolutely it sustains and drives everything. And it's where I see ultimately this life going is, is gardening. And people have said to me, well, how will you make money? So if I were to drop everything right now, if I were to walk away from all of my work and I started gardening, I know deeply that that would make me money in ways I can't even understand if I really wanted it to, because I would be following what you're saying. I'd be following my heart, following my fulfillment, not knowing, but knowing what I found that in life. Whenever I touch something, my husband's like, you're such a, an entrepreneur. I'm like, well, because I'm so passionate about stuff. It's, of course, if I wanted to make money, of course it will. It's just a byproduct of the energy. Yeah, that's a lot of work, you know, at times trying to help people step outside that and experiment with it for those first few steps of, of playing with the energy of things versus the effort of things. Oh, I love that. Yes, it can be such a leap for people. It's been a leap for me at times. But the me, the best news is that the blueprints are within us. There is no ignoring it. You and I are examples. We both tried to go, well, I'm going to get away from that. It finds you. You can't. It's the thing inside of each of us right now that if we're living in alignment, it's going, yes, more and more abundance of every kind. And it's the thing inside of us that is saying, I'm sort of slowly dying if you don't start listening to me. And it will give clues all the time. Do you want to start seeds? So if people are hearing this and they're thinking, well, I got to go revamp my whole life. Now, actually, just listen into what you want to do. Yeah, at the next moment. And it will organically arise that in the next moment, you just want to sit down and breathe and have a coffee. That's enough because it will be in the energy of why you came here. And that will just sort of throw itself forward. It's not like you have to make this big leap or you have to change everything. Like, exactly. It's just sometimes it really is just slowing down. And what does my heart want right now? And if you follow sort of that breadcrumb path, it just is pretty phenomenal. The people that will come into your life, the situations that show up, and they're things that you probably could never imagine. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best part. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the fun part. Yeah. <laughs> and so I wonder then, given what we just talked about, to you, Brenda, what is mental health revolution? Like in some ways, it's recognizing that mental health isn't about something wrong with the person. Mental health it is because we are living in a world that doesn't match people. And so, you know, I think it really is how do we change our society? How do we change the, you know, the consensual reality so people aren't made wrong? Mm. Because I think it's unhappy people that cause unhappiness and that the more people follow their desires and get connected to themselves, then they're able to connect to others, they're able to connect to the world, there's less harm done to each other. And so, you know, I, like we, we kind of mental health is about helping people recognize it's not them, it's the world around you. How do you thrive in the world that doesn't match who you are versus saying, here's what's wrong with it, let's fix you. Yeah, these are just spontaneous visions but I just saw the DSM being chucked and sort of like the cover popping off and the pages flying out and I think that was a metaphor for this yeah people are fundamentally well and self-organizing towards healing 
that to me is an immutable that doesn't mm-hmm. change just independent of whatever symptoms whatever labels they might fit you said something there the consensual reality and you helped me crystallize another layer of understanding of my work that i'm doing here which is that that is what the conditioning that i'm calling it's just the consensual reality it's what people are agreeing to and then when we wake up to like oh that was a belief it's so liberating Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's scary sometimes when you realize you create your own reality, mm-hmm. but it is incredibly freeing. And um, it's one of those things that sometimes I find myself stepping back, back and forth across that line a little bit. And that's where like grounding in nature and those different things helps me stay on the side of nope, I have so much freedom to create my reality and to be a part of creating the world I want to live in. Yes. Wow. This has been beautiful, Brenda. Yeah. So is there anything you'd like to tell the listeners about any offer, any, I will put any links that you give me in the show notes, but anything you want to say before we sign off? I'm going to be doing a group program, 12-week group program, and it sort of is starting with intuition, but really deepening into all the ways that we work with the world around us to start trusting ourselves and trusting the world to create the life that you want. And I do little free short programs, and so sometime in the next probably three, four weeks, I'm going to be doing a three-day like dream activation. So working on dreams and recognizing how that is another way to work with reality and with our desires. And so be looking for that because those are really fun programs and they're free to everybody. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Brenda. Yeah, this was a wonderful conversation. So lovely to meet you. And thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to Therapist Expanded. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast to help more of our colleagues join the revolution.